Welcome to When God Breaks Through, a podcast designed to look at the messy moments in motherhood and show how the gospel applies in practical ways, giving us hope and grace as we interact with our own kids. You'll hear crazy stories and life lessons from my mothering of eight kids. But more importantly, you'll hear the hope Jesus offers us for peace and not anxiety, for grace both for ourselves and to extend to our kids, and wisdom to point them to Him. I'm your host, Bethany Kimsey. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. This week, we're going to be doing something super fun. I'm really excited about it. I have my friend Caroline Colley here, and we are going to be just answering a bunch of a bunch of questions. So I had sent out in my newsletter for a couple weeks, send in any questions you have, ask me anything you may want to know. And we would have a sit down session where we did this. And today's the day. Yay. And I'm so excited that you're here. I couldn't imagine anybody else, you know, doing this with anybody else. I feel like this is going to be really fun. Thank you. I'm so excited to be back at the kitchen table with you. I I love it. Thank you for having me. Okay. So you actually have all the questions, right? I do. And so they're ready to dive in. I mean, I I think so. Yeah. There are so many great questions that I really hope we get to loads of them. Um, because I really, I don't know the answers to like what you're going to say and I really want to hear it. So I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. Here's the one that we're going to start with from Kristen. Kristen asks, my question for you would be, how do you help encourage your teenager who loves Jesus to live set apart in a public school? But, and this was really interesting, this distinction to me, she said, but without judging others in school who may make different life choices. We've gone deep really fast. We we did. (laughs) We just dove in, didn't we? Okay. Yeah. You, You know, this is, this is really hard because Troy and I talk about this a lot in the context of making sure with our children that we're not raising a bunch of Martha's. Now, Martha in scripture, it doesn't need to be vilified. I'm not talking about that. And, but, but the phrasing that we use in our home between me and my husband and the thought process that I often have is I really want my kids to have a heartbeat that looks more like Mary than Martha in the story where Mary is sitting at Jesus's feet, learning from him, seeking to know him. And Martha's bustling around and is a little agitated that Mary's not helping her clarifies in that moment with Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, you know, this is what Mary has chosen is, is good. It it is good. And so how does that play out in this conversation? Well, I think it's easy for us with our kids. For me, I need to put this in light of the way the Kimsey household talks about it. We look and we try to be very sensitive to the fact that it's easy for us to pass down a list of what you should do, how you should live. Um, These are the rules. Mm -hmm. And therefore impart to our children. Also, anyone who doesn't live by these rules is messed up, whether 
they're saved or unsaved. And that begins to set up a belief system in young children. I've seen it in my kids where my kids have gotten in the car and they're like, well, so and so, I mean, everybody <laughs> loves the little three-year-old who wants to tell the stranger in the grocery store they shouldn't do that because that's not right. You know, and, and I think it goes back to this, that what I really want to impart to my child is the best way for you to walk is as if your heart is always sitting before Jesus, because when your heart is always sitting before Jesus, where you're soaking in and seeking him, then what much more naturally will flow out is a compassion like Jesus had for those who are lost. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus over and over in scripture, we see that he said he, he would see people and he would have compassion on them. He would know that they were harassed, that they were a sheep without a shepherd, that they were desperate in essence. And so when we've had these conversations, cause we've had these conversations with our bigger kids, um, our kids don't go to a public school, but I'm not sure it even matters anymore. Um, it, the school that my kids are in, when they've then gone on into, co- into college and uni- public universities, um, and even just even in their youth groups and even in just different spaces, there's many opportunities to see kids who aren't following mm-hmm. the Lord. Yeah. Whether they're saved or not actually doesn't, matter. This is how the conversation goes with my kids. Is it really, first of all, doesn't matter if they're saved or not. So your role when you're interacting with those kids is number one, you have something that they desperately want, which is peace, because that's what Jesus gives us. He gives us great, you know, you know, incomprehensible peace as a believer. And you will look different to those around you. And you should look different to those around you. Yeah. But then what you do with that is the difference. So Uh does that make sense? So what you do with that, when you stand there in that moment and you're faced with it, with maybe even a good friend who's radically making a choice that you'd be like, I would not make that choice. That, that is not a good choice. I think that the way we've coached our kids is the best thing to do is to lead with questions. So asking your friend, why are you making, why, why are you deciding to do that? Not leading with, you shouldn't do that because that's not really motivating for any of us. And we usually talk about it inside of the context of our own home. I mean, would you, do you like it when mom leads with, you shouldn't do that that's bad. Or do you like it better when mom leads with, tell me why you're choosing to do that. So one is much more relational. And actually when you look in scripture, have been just stunned when, when you really study how Jesus interacts with people, he always, he leads with a question and then with a story. Mm, Yeah. And so coaching our kids to say, lead with a question, help it, let it be clarified and then listen for their answers. Because what you might hear is, will give you insight into actually what's going on in your friend's heart 
So Mm -hmm. they may say, well, because everybody else is doing it. And so then what you can understand is this child right now, your friend is really struggling with insecurity, with feeling like their only sense of value comes from doing what everyone else is doing. It gives you insight into your friend. Yeah. And then you know how to walk with them. And then the second thing, so that's the first thing we always say is, you know, lead with a question, seek to understand, Mm -hmm. gain insight, like so that you know their heart. And then even for kids, kid to kid is the understanding that just like in parenting, I'm not going to turn a ship on a dime. So my relationship with my child isn't going to flip around because I have this one conversation that tells them how they should behave like Jesus. Yeah. And the same is true that we need to coach our kids to say, listen, I'm now that you see what's going on in your friend's heart. What do we do? Well, we, we first we pray. We need to begin to pray for them. And then we begin to love them well, speaking gospel truths to them. Yeah. Yeah. That is that- so good. It does. It's funny. I have been reading the latest Mama Bear Apologetics book. Uh-huh. It's um, Mama Bear Apologetics Guide to Sexuality. And one of the really interesting distinctions that she made that I just never noticed was before was how we are called to love people, but what second Corinthians 10, I think talks about is demolishing strongholds and ideas. So Mm -hmm. we love the person. And this is, this is what, how Jesus interacted with so many people. He loved the person, but he addressed the idea that was incorrect in their action and their behavior and, in what they were saying. And, um, that was really beautiful. Um, just a beautiful distinction in my mind that helped me think, think that whole picture through how do I love someone, but then still um, have a conversation with them when I know that I disagree with something. Um, and it really allows you to separate out the, the person is a person mm-hmm. who deserves love. And the action is an action that you can ask questions and have a conversation about. Their actions are not their identity. Right. Which are our culture kind of wants to blur those lines a little bit more and say, this is what I do. Therefore, this is who I am. Yeah. Yeah. In the image of God, we're first and foremost created in his image. And all these other things are secondary to us being people who deserve love and care. And I love what you've said, prayer and questions that open up a door instead of closing one. Yeah. 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 Well, and I think, and I think what, what happens with our kids is typically if we have a child who's, who's a believer, it's natural for them to see pretty black and white. Mm-hmm. And so they, especially if they're a younger teen, they're going to see black and white. Now, as they get to be an older teen, they begin to factor in and they begin to hear a lot of even just the cultural pressures of, um, well, maybe we should, you know, love, what is, then you begin to get into the apologetics of like, well, what really is love and how, you know, so, but, but walking with them in a way that says it's not black and white and up to you to make judgment, right? but it is up to you to speak truth. 
Mm-hmm. And how though, can we speak truth in a way, just like what you shared that mimics the way Christ did it? Because again, yeah. and I, and I do think, I think when we begin to coach our children to understand what is gospel. And I think this has been powerful for me with my kids is when they bring a friend to me. So it's not them. So they're not on the table being dissected, you know? Uh (laughs) And Uh so you can kind of go, well, what do you think they're believing? What lies do you think are laying down there in the bottom that they're believing and allowing them to learn how to navigate that and grow discernment and listen to the spirit, even show them, oh my goodness, my friend is really believing this or that. Wow. And then having that conversation of, well, what does the God, how does the gospel meet that? What is the promises that God offers for that very thing? Mm -hmm. What that does is it's actually twofold. It gives that child great wisdom for their relationship and they can move into that well. It also though gives them a layer for their own lives because the reality yeah. is whatever their friend is struggling with, they're, they either are struggling with it now too, <laughs> or they will, or, you know, so it's yeah. just this beautiful space for conversation. Um, yeah. And I then, you know, and then again, that means for someone who's lost or someone who's saved, who's your friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that's good. That's good discipleship, like inside, just touch after touch of good conversation. That's so good. Kristen, that was an awesome question. Kristen actually asked one more fun question. Okay. Okay. With me jumping on. Yeah. Um, It was, what's the book you gift the most to others? Which I'm really interested to know the answer to that too. (laughs) Okay. Well, this year I have gifted Dane Ortland's Gentle and Lowly I have probably given 15 away. Wow. I actually gave it, I gave it, well, I have a full confession to make. I gave it to all my, I, I sent out in my newsletter um, for my birthday and I was giving a gift yeah. away. And, um, and that book is in that, was in that box that those women got. But I give that book, I have given that book to so, so many so many women. I think he has this beautiful, he just writes about Jesus in a way that I have not read in a great book. You know what I mean? Just unpacks the gospel in a beautiful way. So lately it's been gentle and lowly in terms of parenting. The book I give away the most over the years in terms of parenting is an old book It's called Different Child, Different Needs. And I tell more parents about that book. And I've given that book to more other mom friends over the years than any other parenting book, probably. I think you should put links to these in the show notes, maybe. (laughs) Both of them. I haven't read either of them. Yeah. They're good. I'm glad she asked that question because I like the answers. I want to read them. Okay. Um, Ruth sent in a question that I also thought was really great. Um, Do you have any advice on dealing with scenarios where a child is consistently being sneaky, grabbing iPads or Nintendos and hiding them where they aren't supposed to have them or sneaking sweet drinks, that kind of thing? My oldest has developed a habit of being sneaky and thinking it's funny to brag about. 
Mm. I'm worried about the constant lies and deceit. It's becoming a trend with him and none of our conversations seem to be making a difference. One second he gets it and says he wants to change and stop um, being so sneaky, but then he goes ahead and does something that he knows and admits is wrong again. Got any words of wisdom? <laughs> oh, that's so, it's so tricky. Um, okay. Yes. So I have eight kids. Anyone listening, if you're new here, I have eight kids. So I tend to hide what child I'm talking about because I have so many, I'm pretty sure you won't be able to figure out which one I have, like which one I'm talking to. My kids uh-huh. probably will listen to this. And they'll be, they'll be like, oh, she's talking about. <laughs> but um, we have actually probably had a couple who have really struggled with honesty and with being uh, what we call somebody who acts with integrity. Now, this is this is something that I believe that probably I mean, we all struggle with learning to be honest. So there's not a child who doesn't because we all struggle with honesty. We all struggle with being um, truthful, especially in moments where we are about to get in trouble. Yeah. And so that's not really what I'm talking about, although it, it applies there, but I'm talking about, I have observed that in my children's lives, there are certain sin issues that consistently crop up. Yes. So when I study my children and I really sit with God over my kids, there have been a couple and I'm like, wow, it really all centers back to their understanding of being honest, of being above reproach, of having integrity. Mm-hmm. And then when I have spent time praying about those things with the Lord, why Is this such a pit for them that they fall into that we're consistently doing this? Um, For one of mine, it tended to be because they believe they did not understand the fullness of forgiveness. So they did not understand. So what happens is when they would get in trouble, their first response would be to lie about it. Okay. Uh And then no matter what it was, actually, they would just lie to lie. <laughs> they would. This child just, I mean, and we've had long conversations with this child over the years. And it really was this belief that I better present the right, the right presentation of myself because okay. the wrong presentation is not going to be worthy, acceptable, or wanted. That's not exactly what she's asking because what she's in essence asking with her child is a child who's kind of delighting in being sneaky Sneaky. or tricky. And so my other child kind of went through that spell where they really kind of enjoyed being that kind of a personality in the home. Uh I, we come down pretty firmly on that. Now, the first thing I want to tell you is number one, I believe it's an assault of the enemy. And so my first statement for you is you need to pray and you need to understand this is a spiritual battle that your child is engaged in and they may not even understand it. They probably don't understand it as a spiritual battle, but the wisdom that we have as mamas and the fact that truthfully, the, the, 
the calling that we have as a mom with a child, especially a child who is unsaved in our home, who is young, is we're called to be that shield and that sword and that prayer covering over that child. And at the same time, we're walking with them and we're engaging in these gospel conversations that say, listen, you are in desperate need of a savior because this is sin. Okay. But there's also an assault from the enemy who is saying to this child, I really want to convince you that this is the way to, to interact, to relate that this, Mm -hmm. and it's a lie. And he's selling that lie into the heart of your child and just sewing it there. It's not a different, like it's no worse, no more terrible than like the lie of pride, the lie of shame. Like these are the lies the enemy will assault our kids with. I think we sometimes treat prayer casually where we say, well, I, you know, and I have done this where I will pray loosely for something. And the Lord goes, you have to pray on their behalf. This is a battle that they are in and you need to pray for their eyes to be opened to the lie that they're believing that it is cool to be sneaky. Yeah. Why are they believing that? I don't know. And that's really up for my encouragement. If you were sitting at my table and you had sat here and said, this is what I've got going on. I said, well, the number one thing you need to do is you need to get with Jesus and you need to begin praying that Jesus will give you tremendous insight to understand exactly what that child is hearing in their mm-hmm. head that motivates them to be this sneaky and kind of bold and kind of enjoy it and kind of relish it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is their flesh. Their flesh is, is being fed by that. We have to understand that about our flesh. Our flesh enjoys certain things. And it's something that w- is enjoyable to kind of giggle and be like, I can't figure it out. Ha ha. I got it. Yeah. And whatever. But there is a lie. They're hearing that that is the enemy at work. And so this is a battle that you are as mama though, fully equipped to engage in because you have Jesus on your side, leading you forward, actively working on your behalf. So sometimes when I sit with moms, they look at me when I say that and say, well, I mean, I'm like, you got to pray. And they're like, (laughs) And they're like, uh, oh no, I guess we're all doomed. And I'm just going to say right now, that's absolutely not true. You are absolutely the one and God wants you to be praying as hard as you can over this. And he will meet you in your prayer life. And he Mm -hmm. will absolutely display to you the scripture. You should be praying over your child, the scripture you need to be claiming for your child. That's number one. Mm -hmm. You got to pray. Yeah. Yeah. Number two in this engagement is then you need to actively engage this child in gospel conversations. Like, and you need to be praying. Part of your prayer needs to be, Lord, I need to have a radar where I know exactly every single time he laughs. That's good. And God will do that. The Holy Spirit will do that. I just want to empower moms who are listening. Ask God to give you that. Ask him to, he will do it. I promise where I I had this time with this child. I'm like, God, I'm going to need you to give me the ability to see every time this child lies to me, every time 
I need to have like a lie odometer where I can just tell when this kid's lying Uh And, and be willing, help me be willing to engage right that in that moment. Yeah. So part of my problem is the way I parent, I don't, I really like everybody to have fun and it to be good and life to be kind of easy. So sometimes for me, when I have something I have to, I know I have to hit head on, it's kind of hard for me. I get tired of hitting it head on and I get weary in that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, not another time. I'm so tired of this child being in trouble, mainly because it's messing up my fun. (laughs) It's like, Uh it, but it's so important but I usually need extra help from the Holy spirit in those seasons mm-hmm. of going of him saying, and literally he has done this for me about lying where mm-hmm. I'm, I can hear the lie happening. And it's like the Holy spirit goes, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And in the next minute goes, go deal with it. And you just go in there and go, you just said, whatever you just said, yeah. is that true? Because again, we always want to, just like the last question, we always want to ask and say, you just said this, are you saying that's true? So in essence, I'm saying, I'm giving you a moment. You can back up and say truth now, if you would like to, if you would like to reframe and say, well, no, that's not really true. This is what is true. I'm giving you the space to say that before I charge in with you just lied. I think because that's important because the only way to get a child to actually have the gospel conversation is not to shut it all down ahead of time with Mm. the accusation. And so coming in with, is that what you meant to say? Is that true? And then, you know, your lie, your lie meter. What, what's a good word for that? What should be that word? The lie detector, <laughs> right? It's a lie detector. It's lie detector. That yeah. like your, that little ding, ding, ding in your head should be able to then see that flit across their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you want to address it. And then you want to address the heart that takes pleasure in it. That takes pleasure in tricking. That takes yeah. pleasure in misleading because that's, that's important in there and it's going to take time and it's going to take lots of conversation and lots of prayer. Mm -hmm. And then as this child begins to move in a space where they begin to go, wow, God is calling me to truth. So if they profess that they know Jesus, it's God is calling you to truth. Yeah. It's one of the ways you show God, you love him. He, he speaks truth to you and calls you to be a person who speaks truth. If they don't know Jesus, it's man, this is going to constantly trip you up and you desperately need Jesus to begin to help you here. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, that's good. Another thing that um, I feel like I've observed among, I have four for anybody yeah. who's listening to know, and so I'm not going to incriminate anybody either, but I've observed in some situations when one of my kids is choosing the sneaky path, it often seems to be that it's because they believe we are withholding something Mm -hmm. good from them. And I feel like it goes right back to the garden. And I've had conversations with my kids about this. The reason that Adam and Eve took the fruit 
was because they believed God was withholding something good from them. And I remind my kid, Psalm 84, 11 says that the Lord is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory and no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Mm -hmm. So a loving father doesn't withhold good things. And we're doing our best to prayerfully parent. And we invite our kid to trust us that we are not trying to withhold good things from them, that we're trying to give them good things at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, so like three extra Oreos <laughs> after they've already had a snack <laughs> is not us trying to be unkind. We don't withhold good things. We let them have Oreos some, but we mm-hmm. don't think they need three extra in the middle of the morning just because nobody else was in the kitchen and they could sneak in and get them. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, sometimes I think another question that we can ask our kids that I've, I've seen fruit from asking before is, do you think we are withholding something good from you Mm -hmm. and sometimes their answer is yes and then we get to talk about well you know the reason that we feel like we need to put this limit on cookies or screen time or whatever it is is because this that this that these are the reasons that we have made this choice for you and let's have a conversation about that and it opens a lot of doors instead of closing them Mm -hmm. Uh, because there's always And I think the other thing that oftentimes will come out under that is, well, yeah, I'm going to sneak that because it's not fair. Like it's not fair. Somebody, so-and-so yesterday got such and such because my kids are always keeping a tally in their head of what's Uh going on with everybody else. And it's always with them being on the losing end. They're always on the losing end. Um, (laughs) But that's, that's human nature. I mean, we all believe that we all will look out inside of our world and say, oh man, everybody else's life is so much better than mine. Uh But helping even them navigate, you know, you, what you're actually saying is it's not equal in your mindset. And you're believing that equality is actually what you would want, you know, that you would want that. And the truth Mm -hmm. is you, you really don't, um, you you don't want what you deserve and you, and, you know, it's a perfect conversation about grace and, um, and, you know, you need to understand what you're saying really, which is a father's heart and a mother's heart, which are ultimately, reflective of the father's heart for us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, that gets us halfway through our ask me anything episodes. I hope that you have enjoyed just kind of some fun, relaxed time at the table with Caroline and me. And I hope more than anything else, you understand though, that the answers that we give today, the, the ways that we share what God has taught us. I want you to know that there can be many answers But there is one who gives us the answers. So while what I have shared or what Caroline shares may not work for you, may not work for your family, may not work for the rhythms with your child, what I want more than anything for you to understand is there is someone and his name is Jesus and that is who you can run to to find the answers that you need for you and your child, for the rhythms of your day, for your family. You see, God promises to be a source of wisdom for us. He promises to gently lead us with our kids. 
He leans down and he listens in. When we're confused, when we're sad, when we feel lonely, he is the one. I pray that you will run to him and that you will find his answers for you in this season. I look forward to finishing it up next week at the table for the last half of these questions. And until then, have a wonderful week. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When God Breaks Through. If you're wanting to connect with me and with other moms walking in the same messy moments, head over to bethanykimsey.com. That's where you'll also find the show notes with any links as well as more resources you can grab to help you see that when God breaks through, when we see Jesus at work, the fuzzy intersection of real-life mothering and the gospel becomes very clearly defined. We can walk with confidence and purpose. Have a grace-filled day.